Hello? Hello? Oh, boom. That's so slight. Oh, wait, no. I'm so vain. They <laughs> minimized Talia and made me smaller. And, or they made me bigger and made Talia smaller. And I went, that's so slight. And I was like, wait, no, you have to fix it. Talia's <laughs> supposed to be bigger. <laughs> that's fine. I can be small. I only ever look at myself when we record. I know. I'm excited for this episode now because it's going to be the first episode where the entire, all the clips aren't me staring at the monitor because I get to look at the camera to talk to you. Hi, welcome to Basic... Oop, nope. First time we're going to have to redo that. (laughs) Hi, welcome to Basic Training, a podcast for people that need help. (laughs) I love that you always do the intro. I like it. You can do it if you want. No, I know. I never want to do it. Like, it's your thing. You say it perfectly. And I just like, it makes, it it snaps me in. Like as soon as you say it, I'm like, it's time. Yeah. One day you'll do it and it'll really fuck us up. But for now, let's keep it me. I I think it's like, it's like saying Macbeth in the theater. Like if I do. Oh, da, da, da. I'll fuck it up. Okay. Wait, but you now you have to say the next, you have to say the next part. Welcome to our pot. What is the next part? Don't you just say I'm Talia? Oh, right. And I'm Talia. And I'm Jake. (laughs) And then they play the music. Okay. Let's, let's end it now. Okay. Wait, let's walk, walk me through. Because you've been sort of MIA in a large way. Where have you been? Have I been MIA? That's so cool. I love that people are like noticing that. Well, I'm I feel MIA. like I, not, not I don't mean to say this in like an accusatory way, but normally like when you when I text you, it's very like quick responses and there's been like long gaps of no responses. <laughs> I've seen Instagrams of you at a camp with children. Like I'm just seeing moments right. that are not tradish for you. Right. So I'm just curious what happened. I see you and I hear that. Um <laughs> I I, I accept your interpretation of me as off the grid. And I, I like that actually. Okay. I, so I'm a big, I love camp. I love to go away. I yeah. love the, the outdoors and I love working at this camp that I worked at twice a year, every year for 10 years. And I don't know why, but this is the first time that I guess anybody's registered it. I think I'm pretty annoying and obnoxious about the fact that I like work with kids twice a year and like escape to this place. Um, but all of a sudden everyone's like, since when do you do, do this? This is so off off of your personality. This is so not you. And it's like, I think this is like me to by definition, but yeah, no, I, I just went, I go to this camp twice a year. I, I always have, it's not new, but I guess this is our first year like working together. So it's different. Like you In, noticed it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, no, it makes sense that I wouldn't know, but I feel like that that's like such a thing though, where there's always like little parts of your life that people are obsessed with being like, that's so not like you. And it's like, all you're really doing right now is showing your ass that you don't know me as well as you think you right. do. Right. No. It, and it's like, that's, it's acceptable for you to say it. Cause like you genuinely didn't know this about me and we met a year ago, but like everyone, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's so obvious when my actual, like really close friends who've known me forever, are like, Oh, you're still doing that. I can't believe you still do that. And it's like, if you really knew me, th- this is like absolute, this is a huge part of my personality and it has been forever. Like how could you, will not, you age out of it though? Like, that? can you be 35 working at the camp? I'm asking. Yeah. I, like I already have technically aged out of it, but I still, <laughs> so basically <laughs> Guys, like you You're like, oh, it's not guys, paid, and they like, do ask me to leave after three hours. Like, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do have to pay to go, which is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> At this point, I pay to go. Um, I paid about six hundred dollars just to attend, but it's basically. <laughs> so you go <laughs> to camp so with kids. You're going to camp. You're not working at the camp. You go to camp. No, I, I work at the damn camp. Jesus. Okay, <laughs> let me explain real quick. This is a camp. I'm a big camp girl. I went to camp as a camper myself at Jewish sleepaway camp. Uh-huh. I did that whole thing. I worked at the Jewish sleepaway camp for money. But then this there's is not this that camp. other camp. Okay. This is a different camp. It actually coincidentally, they used to occur at the same campground one after the other. So I would go to both. Then it burned down. It's a whole shebang. It's a whole thing. Okay. okay. But they have nothing to do with each other. 
So I, there's this other camp that only happens for a week, once over President's Day weekend and once at the very end of August uh-huh. every year. It's called Camp Harmony. Cute. We accept donations if anybody wants to do a little goog, okay? <laughs> Basically, it's a camp for children who are experiencing poverty in Los Angeles, people who are living under the poverty line in California. Um, they come from schools and shelters, and they get to just have summer camp for a week. They do tie-dye, and they do swimming, and they do sleeping in a cabin and s'mores and, like, the whole thing. It's really just, like, fun. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's great, and especially, like, as a person who – I care so deeply about summer camp, such a big part of my development in my life. Like I really, it's like, I so believe that every kid should like have one week in their childhood where they go away from their parents and do something in nature. I think it's like very important and obviously it's expensive and not everyone can do it. So this is like my, so me as a charity. But I love that. now it's like selfishly, I'm like support staff. I, I did counselor, then I was a unit head and now I'm support staff. And okay, I'm fine. just kind of- I'm there to help out and all my friends are there and it's like kind of a selfish thing for me now because I just go to like be in nature, hang with kids, hang with my friends. Do I have a role? No. Everyone was joking like, you know how Ken is beach? That's his job? Yeah. My job at this camp is like walk around. Your like, job is my camp. job. My yeah. job is camp. I'm there to be Talia. Yeah. I'm there to that's be me so and offer myself um, and, and do a little swimming and a little tie-dye. So it's fun. Anyway, that's my story. What was your week? Well, I was going to say, I it's I it's interesting hearing you say that about summer camp because I never did summer camp once ever. And really? we probably couldn't have afforded it when I was a kid, but I didn't even ask because I was one of those kids who until probably like the age of 14 or 15 did not poop anywhere but my house. And like, so the idea <laughs> of summer camp was like absolutely crazy to me. I was like, no, like that's not <sighs> happening. My whole family, because we're it's it's a thing I think for Jews that they have a hard time pooping anywhere except the comfort of their bathroom. Uh-huh. I could poop in like a porta potty in the middle of nowhere. There's I could poop no anywhere, well, anytime. Yeah. Snap your fingers, I'll poop. <laughs> like <laughs> literally, I'll poop on demand if you want. So that's I, and it's kind of a thing in my family. I'm the only one who can do that. It's kind of a superpower. But okay, so you never went. Did you ever go away and like sleep away for like three nights as a kid? No, I guess the closest thing would be like we would go to like because like I moved from Rhode Island to Vermont and then sometimes me and my sister would go back to Rhode Island and like stay with my grandparents for a while without my parents. Mm. That's like the mm-hmm. closest thing I can think of though. I don't think – I did day camps. We did a lot of day camps. But the, I right. never – I can't think of like a single summer camp thing I ever did. I don't think so. Day camp is also in my book. That's also fine. I just – I like the idea – of like going, especially in an age of so much technology, I can see the difference in these kids of like how obsessed they are with their phones. hundred percent. And I just like, I'm obsessed. I just love the idea that there's a designated time in your year to send your kid away, even if it's not sleepaway camp, like 10 hours of the day, no phone, in the trees, Would you doing go for just something. one week? Yeah, I go for, I would, oh, to summer camp, to sleepaway camp? Because I feel like I hear about like kids going to sleepaway camp for like a month and that seems crazy to me. Oh, Yeah. I went to sleepaway camp for a month as I got older. Okay. A lot of kids, a lot of families ship their kids back east and they go to like two month summer camps. They go away feel for like eight weeks. When you were growing up, do you feel like you you had a different personality at camp? Like was the was like the camp version of Talia different than like the LA version of Talia? Yes. And I even had a different name. I was like a completely different person. Tall? At camp. Was it tall? And like, no, they called me TL and strictly TL. Whoa. And some people like, I remember when I was a counselor, some of the kids didn't know my actual name. They That's just thought it was so TM. funny. But like, I lo- I just like, I felt, first of all, I was not that, I was like not the shit at school. I was fine. I was like a floater. Yeah, yeah. At camp, I was kind of the shit. I was kind of that hot girl. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, so it was kind of fun for me as I got older. I felt really popular. I feel like the boys really liked me. At school, I was like normal. Okay. At camp, I was sort of like that that bitch, you know? Well, I sort of went to camp last week because I went, I was just at, I just was away for two weeks and got back this past weekend. I was in Provincetown for a week, which feels like gay summer camp kind of. And then I was at my family reunion at a lake house in New Hampshire, which feels like straight summer camp, kind of. <laughs> we need to discuss the weird contrast between the two things that you did. Yeah. It looked so ridiculous. Okay, tell me everything. I mean, the contrast was psycho. Like, that was actually so crazy to go from, like, to go, <laughs> to go from, like, fuck, like, to literally go from, like, gay, like, utopia. Like, like go from, like, <laughs> being in, like, a beautiful Cape Cod town, like, surrounded by, like, gay love and joy and friendship and fun and sex and dancing to, like, my family, who I love so much, but are, like, heterosexual to the marrow. Like, screaming really? about football, yelling about sports, like, d- just very straight was, like, an absolute, like, like neck snap. It was crazy. <laughs> did they know what Provincetown was like? Like, did they know the nature of where you were the week before? I mean, I think they know that it's, like, gay, but, like, do they know that, like, do they know? Like, they don't probably know, like, the nature of, like, the partying or, like, the social dynamics. Like, I don't think they know any of that. Tell me about the nature of it. Tell well, just me like, about one day, what day in your life? Well, it's, I just think it's, like, I just, a, a day in the life looked like this. Wake up. I would go to the gym every morning because I, I've learned as I've gotten older, if I'm going to party really hard, exercising during the day helps my brain not like bottom out from like abusing substances that th- at night, if that makes sense, like get That's the serotonin so up, get the, like get the positive endorphins going so that like whatever you do right. at night can kind of balance out. So I would go to the right. gym in the morning. I, you bike everywhere. So I would bike to the gym, work out, <gasps> bike home. And then we would either go to the beach for like the rest of the day or go to the, there's like a public pool you can go to. We would do like one of those two things, bike home, um, usually stop for frozen yogurt at this frozen yogurt stand that had the best frozen yogurt I've ever had in my entire life. Um, they had, and then you'd, we'd go to like tea, which is like an outdoor happy hour essentially where like everyone goes, have drinks, go home, either go to a restaurant for dinner or cook dinner. And then you'd go out partying at night. And that was like basically the cycle of every day. It's this very, is paradise. it was very, very wonderful. And, like, and at what point do you squeeze in a little gay rendezvous? So you can like do that sort of at any point. You can do that at the beach. <laughs> you can do that between moments. You can do that during the partying. You can finish the night with that. It's really available. It's fantastic. I absolutely love it. I love the. I love that it's just available. It's just no available. crush, but it's available. Yeah. Wait. Do you want to hear the funny it's story? Perfect. Wait. So please. Okay. So I got back. I also like. I wasn't like crazy in Provincetown. Like it wasn't like I was like hooking up left and right, going psycho. But like I had some fun. And so I thought, I had the thought when I got back, when I got to New Hampshire, I was like, okay, I'm like in this house in New Hampshire now for a week with my family. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I should get an STI test here so that if I have anything, I can like clear it up while I'm here where I'm like not, you know what I mean? Like, Right. What better use for a family reunion? Than just like if I need to clear anything, I'll clear anything out. Right. Take antibiotics and chill. Exactly. So- I was like, and every morning in New Hampshire, I also drove, I like, so we were in like the middle of nowhere, New Hampshire. So I would have to, I joined a gym for a week that was like a 35 minute drive away because that was literally the closest gym. And Mm -hmm. that was also perfect because then it was like a built in two hours of alone time every day 
because like perfect being in a house with your a family dream. is a lot. So, oh, I would die. <laughs> I would just this week, like I was at my favorite place. It's my favorite thing to do, and I still was like, I can't believe I haven't been alone in an hour. This is really, it's, it's giving me high. I know it's a lot. the alo- The lack of alone yeah. time was a lot. Um, but so I was like, I googled. I found like a walk in clinic that was like on the way between. New Hampshire or between the house and the gym. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like swing in there and quickly get tested like on the way. But it wasn't like specifically like a sexual health clinic. It was just like a walk-in clinic for like low income people in the area, I think. Like, and I, my insurance doesn't work in New York, in New Hampshire. So I was like, whatever. So I walk in and I go up to the counter. This was like, I love the, every single woman I describe in the, in the following, like, like the rest of the story, please know I like have all the love in the world for these women. So I get... (laughs) I get just to, no, okay. I get to the counter. I get to the counter and I'm like, the, the woman's like, hi, how can I help you? She's like this like middle-aged woman. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, um, I'm visiting from out of town and I was hoping to quickly get tested for STIs. She's like, okay. And then she turns the computer and then she looks back at me and she goes, she goes, STIs or STDs? And I go, what is the difference? And she goes, well, I've never heard of an STI. And, <laughs> and then, I'm a big, I'm team STD as well. I'm with her. Okay. When did we switch? When did it switch? Because there, because diseases, it's technically incorrect to say disease because infections are like clearable. Diseases are chronic. So you can like, like chlamydia is not a disease. It's an infection. Okay. But everyone knows what you mean. You know what I mean? Yes. But it, like, I think it is helpful in removing stigma. You know what I mean? Yes. I guess it's, I guess it's like the sort of argument of like homeless versus unhoused. To me, it's like. Does anybody really care? But in the long run, it's probably better for everybody. I also think that we are, I think you're maybe taking a little bit for granted how much more stigmatized STIs were like even just 10 years ago. Like now it's like, True, oh yeah, chlamydia, whatever, where it used to be like, you had chlamydia. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Oh, trust me. I know that. But also for gay people. Okay, continue, continue. So anyway, so she goes, I've never heard of an STI or an STI. And then like a nurse like behind her in a station, like leans around a corner, like as though she's in a sitcom and is like, that's what they're called now. And she goes, (laughs) (laughs) and then she goes, oh, okay. And then she gets on the computer and she goes, I don't know why she goes, I don't know why we don't just call them a problem downstairs. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, love your vibe. Love your vibe. And I know I just did a Southern accent because I'm like not good at the New the New Hampshire accent or the Vermont accent. And I'm from Vermont and it's like an issue, but like it is Southern adjacent and trust me on that. So then, okay. So it reminds th- me in Finding Nemo of the little starfish that peels off the wall. It you was very that. About? It was very that. So then. That's how I'm picturing it. So Go ahead. then, okay. So then I like do all those things. I wait. And then the woman comes out and calls me back. Also, my mom is going to listen to this. And I told my mom that I had a sore throat and went to get a strep test. Mom, sorry. I was getting an STI test. <laughs> I just like didn't want to stay in the house with like the kids around. So I lied. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I'm sorry I lied. So then the doctor, I like go back and I see the doctor and then the doctor's like, hey, so like, what's up? And I was like, oh, I just wanted to get tested for STIs. And like when you get tested in New York, it's like they, this shit is like down pat. You know what I mean? You walk in and they're like, boom, 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 this, 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 like, you know, the drill and like you go, like, especially if you go to like the gay places, like they're not messing around. So like it's. I'm like used to that. And so then like with this, it's like, <laughs> so the woman comes in and she's like, hi, like, how can I help you today? And I was like, oh, I just wanted to get tested for STIs. And she was like, okay, so what do you want to do? And I was like, what? Get tested. And then she was like, okay, we can do blood, urine, and throat swabs. And I was like, okay, cool. What about rectal? Cause like, that's a thing. 
Mm, I am right. like, I go, what about rectal? And her eyes like go wide with like true horror. And she's like, I don't think that's a thing. This is a doctor. <laughs> this is a doctor. Oh. And I go, I go, it is. <laughs> and she goes, really? And I go, I, I, we do it in New York all the time. Like, this is a thing. And like, I see her like kind of like look and like think. And she goes, well, I could get, I guess you could take one of the swabs we use for throats and, and swab down there and they'll test it. And I was like, yeah, let's do that, babe. So oh. then like, she like sets it up and then she leaves. And then a, a different nurse comes in. And then the other nurse is like, <laughs> The other nurse, like, clearly has been told, like, what I'm about to do and, like, puts yeah. them down. It's like, she's like, okay, so you do um, whatever you need to do and I will come back in um, a while. So you have time. Okay. And then, like, runs out of the room. <laughs> Great. So then. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, <laughs> so then I, like. They're doctors. Yeah. So then I do. Also, they were so nice. Like, I, they did not seem. They were, they not were being, nice. They were nice. They were not being judgmental. They were genuinely like, I don't think anyone has ever asked them to do this before was the energy I was you, that, That's why I'm, it's so confusing. It's it's not like so, in the middle of the of nowhere in middle America. Like, there's no way that there's never have you been, been to New Hampshire. Have you been to New Hampshire? Never. That's why I guess I'm confused. It's like, like really? Okay, I okay. Much love to New Hampshire, but in my opinion, it is sort of like if a New England state was West Virginia themed. Um, um, it is like the only state in New England that like goes red sometimes. You know what I mean? It's like I see. So yeah, I guess you're right. That's that. I just think of like Dartmouth. Like that's all that comes to mind when I think. Okay, New sure, but that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not. And I and I think college town, I think like No, totally. So You know what I mean? Yeah. This was like when I tell you we were like in the middle of nowhere, like we were really in the middle of nowhere. So mm -hmm. again, these women are being so nice. So then I like do the swabs. She comes back and she takes them away. And the doctor was like, Do you think because like I I don't know if, the, if this is your experience when you get tested for an STI, but like if you know you've been exposed, they'll be like They'll be like, okay, well, let's just treat it regardless. Like, let's not wait for the test to come back. Like, we'll just treat it. Right. Because odds I've are- I've never been, been um, in that situation. Okay. Congratulations. But- <laughs> um, Well, when that it's happens- kind of my biggest flex considering what a <laughs> whore I was, that I've never gotten one. So I do like to brag. It's- Well, like, okay. That so and like, the fact that I've never had braces or like my two things. I've never I had braces. Anyway. Oh my God. Good for us. Okay. So- Anyway, go ahead. No. So- like, if, if you get a text that's like, hey, like, I just tested positive for chlamydia. You need to go get tested. Like, if you go tell your doctor that, I they're see. like, we're going to test you, but we're also just going to treat you because, like, you have been exposed. So the right. doctor okay. came in to ask that. And me kind of playing strategy, I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to – she was like, do you think you've been exposed? And I was like, I'm just going to say yes because I'll get the shot for gonorrhea. And then I'll have the antibiotics for chlamydia if I need them. Like, just so I don't have to, like, deal with, like, figuring out what to do if right, they come, come back, back positive. Whatever. Right. I know that you're not supposed to take antibiotics if you're like not confirmed sick, but I was like, it's one time. Please don't judge me if you're listening to this. You're not going to die. It's exactly. fine. So then she comes. So then she was like, okay, so we'll have the nurse come and give you the, the shot for gonorrhea. And I was like, great. So she, again, I don't even know if I have it. I was just like, let me get it. So she comes back. <laughs> the nurse comes back. It's the same nurse who had like brought the swabs. And she was an absolute icon. She goes, she goes, okay, so this antibiotic, it's really strong. It's really, really strong. I've had it before. It's like fine. She goes, she goes, and now I'm supposed, <laughs> direct quote, she goes, now uh -huh. I'm supposed to tell you not to drink alcohol on this, but I can't, <laughs> but I can't do that in good faith because let's be honest, nothing's getting between me and my wine. 
So then she goes, she goes, so do me a favor. She says, do me a favor. For every drink you have tonight, have a glass of water. And I was like, all right, babe, you got it. <laughs> I have to see her kitchen. You know, it's like all home goods, home goods jars that say like seeds, flour, sugar. Absolutely you know what I'm talking loves. about? Yes, 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 yes. Oh my God, that's so cute. So she was an icon. Also, test results came back. I didn't have anything. So. Oh my God. So you had no, you you practiced good health. You met a Maxinista. You became friends. Yeah. And you're not I, sick. And I had a great time. And it was cheap. It didn't cost that much money. So it was great. Um, that's incredible. That was one good of the highlights. You. That was one of the highlights for sure of the trip. Good for you. Yeah. I'm really happy for you. And, and it, good for you for being so like on top of your health. That's yeah. really responsible. Are you ready for the first call? Yes. Hi, Tolly and Jake. So I've been keeping up with your podcast, and you guys give really good advice. So I want to see if I can get your help with my situation. Thank you. So I work at food service, which is simple enough, but my boss hates me. He's told me that I don't have – I lack a sense of urgency, a work ethic, and – in general, he's told me that I'm somewhat yeah. of like a hindrance to the flow of the work environment. <laughs> and he's also said that he's not the only person who feels like this, which he's insinuating that other people agree with him. Ew. And I won't act like I'm the perfect employee, but I would say I'm dependable and do my job. And I've had a job before, so I'm not completely inexperienced with food service, and neither of my previous employers had any kind of problem with me. He criticizes me excessively in front of others and punishes me for things that my coworkers do as well. Basically, he singles me out so much that now I dread going to work and quitting isn't an option because I'm a student. And beyond that, he's destroyed the little confidence that I had oh. in my work ethic. And I feel like if I can't do a fast food job, then I'll never be able to succeed career-wise or like even be a contributing, functioning member of society. I was just wondering if either of you have gone through anything similar and if any of you had some advice. Thank you. Uh, sweetie pop. Let me tell you how I know you do have a pretty good work ethic because I can tell that you wrote out some bullet points and you're reading them yeah. to make sure you didn't get screwed up on 100%. the call. That's how I know. You know you have your shit in mind because that's not something I would ever think to do is like write out the question before so it's to not waste our time. 100%. That's really considerate and smart. Okay, wait. So I have like a few things. One, okay, I have, a f I have like a million things to say to this because I've actually in some ways been this this person. Mm -hmm. The saying quitting is not an option, sit down and really look into that. Because there, I look back on times in my life where I was like quitting is not an option where it actually 100% was. Like my And the best option. Yes. My I first restaurant job in New York. aren't. My first restaurant job in New York was so abusive and I felt like it was yeah. the only restaurant. Like I thought if I quit and like left on bad terms, I would never, never be able to get another job. Like I would, I, I absolutely could have quit, but I felt trapped because that's part of like how the abuse works. If this right. is, you mentioned like it's because you're a student. I'm wondering if that means if it's like a work study thing and like this is your work study and you can't quit. Cool. But like, so I'm not going to like, I'm not going to harp on it, but like really look into whether or not you can quit, explore alternative options. Cause like this guy sounds like he fucking sucks. Right. Agree. Uh, um, second, like, I just don't let his, do not let him affect your confidence. Like the number of loser bosses. I had this one guy, my second job in New York, nasty, nasty man, like horrible man, made me feel so bad about myself. And I'm just like, 
oh, he was like a miserable alcoholic. Like the fact that he ever entered my like world of self-worth is so crazy. Do you know what I mean? It's amazing who we let affect our self-worth just because we're in this like tiny little situation and we're unable to see the grand scheme of things. Like in school, now looking back, everything feels so stupid at Camp is a perfect example. Like you're in this little world. Everything feels so important. But when you go, the minute you're out, it's so trivial. Like all these little things, you feel like your boss there means so much. And it's so stupid. Also, I I totally agree about quitting. Like I feel like we were really told as kids, like quitters, you can't be a quitter. Don't quit. I think there's something very empowering about knowing what you need to quit. Like I just, I really hate the idea that Nobody can win when they quit. Sometimes the only way to win is to quit. Well, we were all raised in a mindset of like the bosses are right. And it's like, no, like if they treat like shit bounce, like you're out. Bye. Next thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I really believe Mm -hmm. that. Also in food service, like this is the thing that happens in food service all the time is a lot of restaurants and bars are really miserable to work in because of management. Sometimes that's not the case. Like sometimes it's the clientele. Sometimes it's like a litany of other reasons. Sometimes it is really poorly run by ownership or management. And a thing that they will do is rather than them work hard to solve the problems, they will single out staff members and make them look like the problem. So then the other servers, when they're pissed because dinner, d- dinner was a disaster, instead of being like, you need to run this place better, it's like, God, Talia fucked up again. Talia was not right. doing her job tonight. Talia's so lazy. There's like a server or a busser or a bartender. There's someone who's the enemy. And then that mean, that takes the heat off management. And I feel like that might also be what this person is doing to you. And talk to your other staff members. Like, I'm like, nothing, if you're, Listen to me right now. If you work in a restaurant or bar and your managers are treating like you like shit, talk to your other staff and turn against them. There are more of them than you. I have worked with friends to get more than one manager removed from a restaurant. It is not like, and I feel right vindicated in doing that. And manage restaurant managers are like so undervalued a lot of the time and they get villainized a lot, but also sometimes they fucking suck. Right. I think you're right. You the one, you're the one who's worked more in a restaurant, but I, I think that also, um, the fact that you're letting this guy affect, like, you're saying, oh, how can I ever succeed outside of this? Like, how am I ever going to have a career that's successful with the work ethic that I feel is being so attacked here? Which leads me to believe that at a certain point, you don't want to work in food service. Whereas you're letting this guy whose career is food service, a career that you don't even seem to want, right? define how you're going to work in every other context. Like, you're telling me that you don't want to do this forever here's a person who seems to be doing this forever, who's going to try and tell you that you're not good at it. And you're extending that to like, okay, so therefore I can't do anything. This is a guy who seems like he hasn't been able to break out of this industry at all. You're just here. Cause you're, it's like your work study job or something. You don't even think you want to do this. Yeah. Forever. He clearly seems unhappy like, in this situation. Cause he's torturing you, which means he's a loser. Right. Right. Like he doesn't seem happy to be working at this restaurant either. And you don't, you don't even know if you want his, this is not a person who you aspire to be correct. And you're yeah. going to let him tell you, how like you're going to let him make you feel like you're not going to be able to work successfully in any other place. Come on now. You know better. And I can tell because you're together person. You wrote down your question before calling. You're the most together person that's ever called in here. Yes. Most prepared call we've ever received. Also just quickly going back to like the, can you quit thing? Like, okay, if you're a student and this is a work study, babe, Go to the school. Like if it's affiliated with yeah. the school, if it's a work study thing, be like, absolutely not. Like that's, you can get that guy in a lot of trouble. And I would love for you to do that and call us and tell us about it. If also, but also if it's not affiliated with the school, that means you're in some sort of town. There has to be another option. Like I need, you know what I mean? Like 
even if right. it's like doing like remote customer service work for like a deliver, like there are things like find something else. Like if you're a student right. and your quality of life is being affected by this tool, you need to find something else. It's time to go. And also like, okay, so the solution just to, to tie it all up nicely, yeah. either go to the school if you absolutely need to, unionize with the other workers if you can't leave yeah, or leave. Those are your three options. But if you can't leave, you need to talk. I love the idea, Jake, about going to the other people. There are more employees than there are him. And also who's telling you that other workers are talking about you? Him. You can't let this guy like poison your mindset. It clearly is all him. And I was so ready at the very beginning when I hear somebody's, everyone quote unquote is calling you a person with a shitty work ethic. I, as a person with a terrible work ethic, who has always been called out for being lazy, I was ready to tell you, yeah, maybe you are just lazy, but it seems like you're really not. So you absolutely need to like stop doubting yourself. Right. You can't 100%. look in the mirror and think like, I'm, I'm bad at working. No, you know what you're doing. This is, this guy's it's, he's the, he's the problem. He's clearly the problem. And I'd be very comfortable telling you that you're the problem because I am also the problem, but no, you're the opposite of me. So you need to go get some help. Yeah. Okay. From the other people who work with you. Next call. Mm -hmm. Hi, Jake. Hi, Talia. Um, I am calling because recently my partner, who is a male, I guess that's probably important, um, and I were reached out to by another couple who was interested in hooking up with us. And, well, we told them no, that we were interested in that. We don't want to, like, cross any lines with doing that with friends. But it brought up the discussion of the possibility of a third. And there's, like, many conversations about how we want to make sure things are clear and boundaries are set with a third, but at least I'm a little unsure of, like, how to go about it, if that makes sense. Any advice you guys may have would be appreciated. Um, love you guys. Bye. Love you, too. Love you, too. Okay. So I'm hearing, like, okay, so it does sound like you guys are in a monogamous relationship, you haven't done anything outside of the relationship and you're talking about having a three-way and you want to set clear boundaries with this third person before that starts. I think you're actually putting the cart before the horse a little bit. You need to set clear boundaries with your partner. Like it is, that third is going to come in, do whatever they're doing and bounce 90% of the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially if it's like a casual hookup from the apps, like they're not there being like, like it, that, this is a more casual thing for them probably. For you and your partner, this is like a big deal. And that's actually what more of the stakes are going to be. Like there's nothing worse than being in a three-way with a couple where you feel like, which I, I don't know that this has happened to me, but I know I've heard a million stories of this happening to friends where it's like, you've been in like a three-way with a couple and like you suddenly, you can see the dynamics of how like this isn't going well for the couple. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause it's mm -hmm. like, there can be a lot of fraught things like, oh, is my boyfriend paying more attention to the new guy than to me? Or like, you know, like there's all these things that can come up. 
So the conversations need to first happen with your boyfriend. Like, what are we hoping to get out of a third? What are things that we foresee making us feel uncomfortable? Are like, there's a those are there's a lot of shit you need to set, talk about before you set boundaries with the boyfriend. Like, if you're already entering a three way from the mindset of like, we need to set boundaries with the, the third so he doesn't like break us, our relationship. Like, that tells me you need to be a little bit more secure in your own relationship. And maybe that's harsh to say, but that is sort of the red flag I'm hearing. Like. You know what I mean? And I also think like never go into a three, if you're like feeling, I don't know, like if the sex between the two of you isn't great and your hope, or like if there's like emotional problems between the two of you and you're thinking a third might help, like that to me is maybe, maybe it could help. I don't know. But I just think it's like the answers are more about you and your partner before they're about like what this third person is. And then like in terms of setting boundaries with the third person, I think it's like at that point, it's like once you and your partner figured it out, it's being like, if you're, however you're doing it, because it sounds like you don't want to do it with a friend, which I feel like people go 50-50 on that. Some people are like, feel much safer hooking up with someone they already know and having an emotional thing like that. And some people are like, I want it to be a total stranger. I don't even want to see their eyes. And it's like, but either way, you just say, if it's like, it's a conversation, hey, like we're looking to have a three-way, like it's purely physical. We're not looking to be poly. We're not looking for a third. But like, if you're down for some like no strings attached, like fun, a fun night, like we'd love to have you. Like, I think that's the simple conversation that needs to happen with the third person. I think all the complicated shit needs to happen with your partner. Hey, as a, as the straight woman in the conversation, offering expertise about sex, I can turn only to Samantha Jones and say, if you're gonna have a threesome and expect no drama, you're gonna have to be the guest star. Otherwise, there's going to be strings attached. I just don't think there's any such thing as adding a third and there being no necessity for discussion, there being no complications ever whatsoever, unless you are like the rando who shows up and then leaves. Like you, you're it, the only, I think you, I completely agree with Jake. You need to set boundaries and figure out what's going on between you two. That's the most important thing. It's way more important than the guy who's joining. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Cause I don't, um, I don't, I think that like yeah. a, a drama free threesome can happen. I think they happen all the time, but I think that totally. like, but I think it, it has to, there has to be like a lot of communication between the other two beforehand, you know, Exactly. especially because it, it sounds you like you guys are the kind of couple, like I know gay couples that were like never monogamous, like from the jump, they've always been open. And so yeah, three with them is like maybe even more bonding or whatever. You know what I mean? But it's like, you guys are coming right. from a place it sounds like of like, this is like a big shift in the dynamic of how you guys relate to each other sexually. That's going to have a lot going along on with it. Do you know what I mean? Right. I just think when I think no strings attached, what I'm thinking is like, no conversation needs to be had. Nothing needs to be discussed. It's just the sex. And then we never talk about it again. Yeah, that's I just like don't think that's possible unless though. you're literally the stranger. Like you're gonna, no matter what gay or straight, whatever this threesome is like might have some effect on your relationship and you might just have to like look inward for just a second and talk and that it's way more important than figuring out who this third guy is. Like, I just, I just think, you know what I mean? Like, even if it's like, so not a big deal and you're going to do it all the time, the only way for it to be drama free is like, I mean, you're in a relationship. Yeah. And, and when I say drama free, there are plenty, as you said, plenty of drama free threesomes, but like when I'm thinking drama, I'm thinking like just a conversation, just a question, just a, you know what I mean? A discussion yeah. to be had. I did just think of another piece of advice that can't, I haven't thought about in a while, but when I was in a relationship yeah. and it was an open relationship, I will say there is something much easier or like at least something much clearer about hooking up with someone who is also in an open relationship, 
right? Because they're also in a mm. dynamic where they understand that. So like if you're trying to bring a third in and you bring in someone who's in an open relationship, they already understand the nuances to some extent of like sex with a partner and sex not with a partner and what those lines are because they're within that those they're within those negotiations as well. So that could also mm-hmm. be something if you do decide you want to bring a third in, look for someone who like has a boyfriend who's you know what I mean? Like I think that is an option or bring in another couple so that there's that as well. Do you know what I mean? I think there's that that could be helpful as well. If you're worried about like a single person who like might steal your boyfriend, like then don't have Oops. it be a single person. Just Agree. a thought. Okay. okay. And you know what? God bless. Sometimes this is, I wish that there was like a thing we could do where like after, like I wish at the end of season one, we could have like everyone call and like update us on what happened. <laughs> that would be amazing. Somebody, oh, oh, the guy who our TikTok clip went pretty viral because his his girlfriend was cheating with, with a the hacker. Wait, player. ethical hacker follow up? Yep. Wait, did he, he DM you? Up. Yeah. Wait, tell me everything. I was right. He's been a, he's a guy that I've like had multiple DM conversations okay. with he first I was a little nervous that he was upset he sent me a little screenshot and was like hey like glad you guys went viral off my story and I'm like oh god like I I'm sorry that it went viral but I mean come on you called it and he goes well, no 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 it's fine like yeah he, he he didn't care at all he was like this is great he said um you know her friends are contacting me saying like don't you think she's gonna see it but we haven't spoken I'm assuming they have like they cut it at some point right he before we put out the episode but she didn't expect him to go and talk about it. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He seemed happy. He said, if I'm ever in Austin, we'll get drinks. <laughs> I love it. He seems like a very happy-go-lucky guy ever since this occurred. So that's the update for everybody. I think it's also fine, like, but I do not have an update on how he handled it. It just seems like they're not talking. She can't be mad, though, because it's like it's a little bit of like the um, – have you ever heard – I'm going to like butcher this. Like There's like that thing, like the small penis rule. Do you know about this? Yes, I think you brought this up recently. Oh, did I bring this up recently? Defamation. I think it's like such a funny trope. But maybe it wasn't it's on so the mic. Funny. I don't think it was. I think it was like, but like, there's this idea of like, if you're going to write a book about someone, or if you're going to, if you're writing a book and you're going to put a character in it that is based on someone in your life to prevent yeah. them from suing you, the joke is you put in the book that they have a really, really small penis because then they would have to like come out and be like, this is about me this character that famously in the book has a small penis. Like that's the idea about how you write about a man. Obviously like that's a a specific example, but it's like, she can't like for her to communicate to people like that she was upset about it. She would have to out herself as having cheated on him with two men. Do you know what I mean? There you go. Exactly. What's she going to do? Like stitch it and say, Hey, this is me. And I don't know. I, I just, I'm a big, this gets me in a lot of trouble and I'm consciously trying to change this about myself, but I I'm a big like speak before I think it's fine. It's justified because they did something bad. You know what I mean? Like I forget because I talk to my audience is a million people. I don't find it that scary anymore. Like I'm used to this. Right. I forget that the people in my life didn't sign up to be part of my lore in front of a million people. Does that make sense? So even, but I justify it in the moment. If I really want to talk about it, like on this podcast, I'll be like, oh, like, you know, I, they, they did something wrong. Like, why would they, you know, why would they care? But it's like, this person made the decision to do something wrong to me. I don't necessarily think that means a million people have to see it. I had that conversation with myself literally today. There were like things I wanted to talk about that. I was like, I'm actually just, they shouldn't go on the pod. Like, right. Like even if they did the bad thing, it means they deserve me to be mad at them. It doesn't mean they deserve a thousand. A hundred percent. Like, or like the difference between like, even though they're good stories, like 
I was bitching to my roommates about them last night and they were laughing. It's like right. they would do well on the podcast, but like I don't need the fallout of like this person being like, hey, like you put this out there for like a million people to hear or like see. Right. Like that's. I've lost a friendship or two over podcasting and over things like this. And it's like those are luckily there are friendships that were like gonna fall apart anyway. I think but that's it's why like, I don't know. No, but I think I, it's, I, I mean, I'm working on that, not being a part of like being my friend. You don't, you don't have to be okay with me talking about you. I used to feel like, Oh, since I do this as a career and my friends are my friends, they should know that like, it's okay if I talk about them. And I had to learn the hard way. Like, no, no, but it's interesting doing the do show that. with you because I'm the opposite. Like I never talk about anything like until this yeah. podcast, like, like on my old podcast, like I barely talked about my personal life. Like truly like, and, like, yeah. on my TikTok, I never do. Like, my TikTok's all just comedy and jokes and, like, opinions. But, like, I don't talk about my mm -hmm. personal life. This is the first thing I've ever done that's, like, kind of personal. And even still, like, yeah. your, our metrics for what we talk about is different. And it's interesting to, like, negotiate that. Because I want to, I want to, I, I yeah. want to, like, engage with the audience. And I want to be open. But also, like, I'm very, I'm, like, I've realized as I've gotten internet popular, I'm way more private than I thought I was. I thought I was not private at all because I'm not private with my friends. I'll tell my friends anything. Anyway, yes. next question. Last question. <laughs> hey, guys. Love the pod. I hooked up with one of my guy friends earlier in the summer. And then right after, we were texting a lot. And we said at the time that we would keep it casual. So I'm not acting in, like, a relationship way. But I kind of just don't know what comes next or how I should approach going back to school and the vibes with them in person. We kind of stopped texting at some point, but if you have any advice on how to navigate the potentially awkward part after you hook up with a friend, I would love to hear it. Girl, it sounds this is like fresh she likes on the him. It sounds like week. she likes him. It sounds like she likes him. I'm calling her out. She does like him. This is fresh on the brain for me this week. You fresh. hooked up with a friend? There's a guy that I hooked up with. Um, I've been hooking up with him like literally for three years and it's, we've always been friends, but the minute he like, didn't seem that into me all of a sudden. Oh, you're in love. I'm like, no, I'm in love with you. hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm like suddenly, like I was home. Absolutely. I didn't even hit him up because I was like, meh, like whatever. I just, he's like my home slam piece and we're all, we've always been friends. But suddenly we hung out and he wasn't that friendly, but just like, he wasn't that flirty. Like he didn't seem that into me all of a sudden. And now it's like, Jake, I genuinely haven't thought of anything else for the past five hours. Like I've <laughs> No, I get like, that. That's just how it works. Doing. That's just how it works. Now I have a crush on him, so I totally get you, girl, but let's be real. No, I, I think you're right to say yes, she does kind of like him. But does she have a real crush on him? No, I think it's because he maybe doesn't like her back that much. That's why. It's not that you like his personality really. It's that he doesn't like you back that much and you want him to like you. That's how I feel in my own yeah. personal life. Well, it's just like if you're going to say we're keeping it casual, but you're thinking about him enough that you called into an advice podcast, like not to roast a little bit, but like you're not casual. <laughs> like unfortunately, like at that point, like, 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 like this is a TikTok video of us talking about the guy you hooked up with. Like this isn't casual. You have moved past casual. Like, do you know what yeah, I mean? It's sorry, like, girl. like, love you, girly. Like, thank you for listening. And like literally, sent, like I've been you. I am you. I will be you again. But, like, you need to let go of the notion that, like, you're feeling casual about it and move into, like, okay, I'm feeling some way about this. Is it that I actually have feelings for him and want to date him? Okay, then, like, deal with that. 
or like, right. oh, I like am feeling, I need to feel the validation of him liking me because we had sex. And so I need to like in- interrogate that. Great, interrogate that. But like it, the ca- it, keeping it casual is not going to happen because like it's no longer casual. And not because you Thank called you. us, like you were just not feeling casual, clearly. Beautifully said. I, But honestly, there is such a, a wonderful, funny thing in like accepting that things aren't casual. I just really hate this notion that we have to call things casual when like, a person was inside your body. There's literally nothing casual about it. And even if like, yes, of course you don't like him. You say you don't want to date him. That's fine. I think we are so poisoned by the cool girl thing that we've seen in so many movies and TV shows. We all want to be this chill girl who like can do the casual hookup, Samantha Jones moment. And it does, it doesn't mean it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You just don't want to date. Therefore sex is casual. When it's, it's not. The like, thing is, when it's actually casual, no one says the word casual. Because when it's casual, right. it's actually casual enough that, like, no one's putting a label on it. It's like, oh, I don't know. That was fun. We're like, I don't know. Like, it's whatever. Like, that's casual. The minute that you're right. like, it's casual. It's casual. It's like, it's not. Do you know what I mean? Not. You're, like, labeling it. It's like, you're putting it's complicated on Facebook. Like, it's not casual. At that point, it's not casual. Right. Okay. Well, <laughs> don't age us. They're not putting it's complicated on Facebook. They can't relate to that. <laughs> but, yes, like, they... I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I just don't think there's any shame in like, we're, we're telling you right now, we're making fun of you a little. It, it's not casual because it's just you not casual. It. It's not casual because you're calling it casual, but it's okay that it's not casual no. because sex by definition is not casual and that's fine. I don't know why it has to be like, oh, sex isn't a big deal. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be a big deal, but like also the person was inside you and you owe each other a certain amount of respect and whatever. Like, well, I hate that like a person can like, ignore you at school after they had sex with you. I really do. I really do hate it. Well, it's also the thing of like, it's like, I get, we've all been in the situation where it's like, you have sex with someone and, or I guess not we all, but like you and I, I'm sure have been in the situation where like, (laughs) like you have sex with someone and then afterwards you're like, okay, I'm not in love with them. I'm not really thinking about dating them, but I would have sex with them again. And then you realize, oh, I don't think they would have sex with me again. Suddenly to you, it feels like you like lost or they have like a power over you. And guess what? They don't. Like they're probably not even thinking about it. If they are, they're a sociopath. Say it louder for me. I need to hear that. But it's like, it's (laughs) like they didn't win. Like, you know what I mean? It's also like, that, that, that's not what it is. Like, you just have to move on. Like, the, okay, they don't right. have sex with me. They, like, they don't want to have sex with me right now. Great, moving on. I want to have sex, so I'm going to go find someone who does. Like, that's really all you right. need to do. And guess what? When you move on like that, they're going to come back a lot of the time. Do you know what I mean? It's like, a lot of times, like, the reason people don't want to have sex with you is because you're coming up to them like a doe idea being like, please have sex with me. And it's like, not hot. Right. So it's like, you need to just like assess it moment to moment. Like, oh, is there a vibe? Great. If there's no vibe, it's done, you know? Right. It's so easy for me to say this, like, a, like as a third party, obviously, like in the moment. No, it's a I'm totally like, I'm situation. very much in this exact situation right now, and I'm like, before we started recording, I w- my fingers were like touching the phone. Like, I, I, yeah, I just no. don't. Should I text him? Um, do you think he's down? Do you Here's actually want to sex right now? My roommate has a saying that I think is that he got from someone else. I need to find the origins of it and I'll credit it. But basically he has a saying that is like very applicable here, which is like, you should flee desperation at all times. Like if this is coming from a place of desperation, you should run away from that feeling. Mm. It is coming out of a place of desperation. Yep, put the phone but down. I need to Let's fix put the, the phone down. 
Here's the thing. What? I haven't had sex since this guy, and he hasn't. Last time I was in town, he had. We both hadn't had sex since the last time we saw each other. Uh huh. And then again now. Uh huh. Like we're just like we're both horny, and we're Wait, both you each had other's sex? like easy. No. Oh. Every time I'm in town, you I have, have sex. sex with this person. But you haven't had sex. And this, this time, time, this time we haven't, and it feels like a rule has been broken. Like what the fuck? I'm here. Hello. Sure. Neither of us has a boyfriend or girlfriend. Shout out to Cruise Guy. We're still talking, but we're not official. And he's in the ocean. So deal with it. I need to have sex and you're not here. Um, maybe you should be in port. <laughs> sex. In but anyways. Port. Oh, my God. Um, so like in the meantime, it's like, come on. It's I come home. Wait, and I have to like tell you something about Cruise Guy. <laughs> really? Yeah. You learned something? No, I have anyway, to tell you something. My point okay. is like, I come home. I have my mom do my laundry the way that I like it finally. I get my favorite salad from my favorite restaurant and I have sex with this guy. This is my, these are my things that I do at home. Right. Okay. What is going on? Like, why are we not? What happened? What changed? Okay. That doesn't sound like desperation. That sounds like you want to have, you want to have sex with them. It's just not desperation. That's a desire to have sex with someone. Like you're not like, I want to have sex. Look, he's a dude. Shoot your shot. If he says nah, you're going to survive. Yeah. You're absolutely right. What are we even thinking? Like, this guy ain't shit anyway. I, actually, that's mean. He's a, he's like the nicest guy and so sweet and cute. Yeah, shoot but your like, shot. It's going to be fine. If you want to have sex with me, you ain't shit. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Wait, the thing I need to tell you about Cruise Guy <laughs> is that I was listening yes. back to I was listening back to one of the episodes that we were giving notes on. And I realized at some point I like misunderstood along the way. And for like several weeks in there. And like when I realized, I just like didn't bring it up. But there was like a two, maybe three week period where I thought he was a cruise magician, not a musician. We clarified the first time I talked about him that he's not a magician. Right, but then, I, oh, and then you know magic tricks and we need the cards, but then I deleted that and then oh. went back to thinking he was a magician. So I need to remind myself oh. he's a musician. Okay, he's that's all. He's a musician. All. Yes. But he's, he, yeah, he's, he's a, he's, think of it as a magician with a guitar, baby. I mean, either way, he's good with his hands, so that's great for you. He knows what he's doing. He sent me, actually, you were on his free page the other day and he sent me a screenshot of it. Oh, hi, Cruise he's Guy. He's your friend, basically. Cruise Guy means something very different in the gay community. Okay, and with that, <laughs> we are done with this episode of Basic Training. <laughs> Thank you all so much for calling. You can call in and leave your voicemails for us to answer on the podcast at 929-269-4960. Also, if anyone has come up with like a fun mnemonic for like how to remember that number or like a little song, send that in. We'll play it. Like, let's find one that's like a fun way to do the the do the number. That would be fun for us. Um, rate yes. and review the podcast. We've A lot of you have been, and it's really nice. A lot of you are rating on Spotify. Please rate on Spotify, but also go rate on um, Apple and write the reviews because I like reading those reviews. Those are fun. So do both. And I know that that's homework, but I'm giving it to you and I love you. Thank you guys so much for rating it. Um, cool. Wow, okay. that's a good rating. I'm looking at it now. I know the okay, ratings guys, are good. Okay, guys, the best. Bye. Love you all. 